Hello everyone and welcome to episode 23 of the Switchaboo podcast. I'll be your host, my name is Alex Harding. Today I'm joined, as always, by my co-host Nathan Rudge. Greetings. And the cynical guy, Jake Mouncy. <laughs> um, I, I love that I'm just known as that now. It's a, new, it's a crown, You've got a, it's a badge of honour. <laughs> I mean, you haven't done your rant section yet, so... Um, we'll get to it. <laughs> he, sl- he slots it in naturally. Yeah, yeah exactly. I got two <laughs> games so I got to rant about. There you go. Um, but this time around, so we do apologise for the delay on this episode. Uh, we'll proceed fortnightly from here, as per normal. But we that means we've got a bit of news to work through, uh, coming up to Game of the Year awards, end of the year, stuff like that, holiday period, so fair bit to talk about there. Um, as always, we'll start with what we've been playing. Um, Jake, do you want to start us off? Yeah, sure. Uh, I know pretty much all of us have been playing this, but uh, hey, the new... Uh, Pokemon remakes came out. Yeah, been playing that. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I think like all of us are doing like something different. Like Nathan's doing a Nuzlocke. I'm doing a Monotype run. I think Alex, you said you're just playing it normal. I'm being boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I've been streaming uh Brilliant Diamond over on my stream. Uh, doing a Mono Dark run that has been really interesting. Because and I uh, derailed the... the stream for about half an hour yes dude it was an hour uh, okay it was an hour. <laughs> I, I i got that guide by nathan but um yeah uh did you know there's only seven dark types in the entirety of uh gen 4 one of them being spiritum so like <laughs> that backfired yeah yeah so my uh my team is very predictable but uh yeah right now i'm uh, I was supposed to finish it uh, last stream, but uh, I kind of forgot how difficult the Elite Four was in Gen 4. Wow, I, I have gotten so used to, you know, Pokemon just not really caring about its own difficulty that, uh, yeah, I kind of ran into a brick wall. So, like, I've had to, you know, do some off-stream grinding for that, but, uh, hey. Uh, I have learnt to love Honchkrow. Ah, it's, like, Honchkrow. my new favourite thing. Because of this run, like, dude, Honchkrow can learn so many attacks that has, like, a high crit chance. It's insane. Like, mm-hmm. mine knows Air Cutter, Night Slash, uh, Psychic, and Steel Wing. And its passive ability ups its critical hit chance. So, like, its critical hit chance is, like, nearly 100%. Yeah, it, it hurts. It's I just insane. one. And it was going against my Bastiodon doing Night Slash, and it was doing a third of my health. I'm like, this is a tank Pokemon, and I'm losing a third of my health to Night Slash? Yeah, yeah, dude, Honchkrow is mad. <laughs> oh, God. That's wicked. I, I tried to get a Honchkrow, but I was in the, like, the underground cave part, and I found a Murkrow, and I couldn't catch it. Like, I only had Pokeballs. You don't get Great Balls until... You can't even buy Great Balls until a no, little bit later on. super late. I think it's third gym, yeah. isn't it? I think it's fourth, honestly. Like, halfway through the the badges. I think fourth but is I... where you can get the alternate Pokeballs. Like, Quick Balls and, like, Great... Uh, Dusk Balls. Yeah. Right, right, right. Because that's when but I got mine. I had, like, um... I had, like, 30 Pokeballs and I was down in that cave and a Murkrow wiped out my party. Because I just kept trying to catch it, and he was on—he was red health, paralyzed, dude. And this, I only had Pokeballs. 
and I couldn't catch him. Same thing happened to me with a hound doom in the underground. Did you know that they like uh like they actually decreased the uh catch rate for hound doom to like five percent? Oh yeah, so, evolution Pokemon yeah. usually are a lot harder to catch, but that's yeah, but yeah. they yeah they made it even harder than usual. But uh, yeah, I I understand how uh, how difficult it is to catch Murkrow because like I I found Murkrows in uh, the Eterna Forest, you know the place where yeah. like you team up with uh, Cheryl, I think her name is. Yeah. You know the yes. girl with the Chansey. <laughs> the Chansey. Is she meant to yeah, come back yeah. up into the game? Because I don't think I've seen her. No, no, no. no. She's Eterna Forest. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, like catching a Murkrow in that forest when you have Cheryl helping you is, uh, well, she's not really helping you. She's more of a hindrance. Cause, uh, I mean, she helps you for grinding a... purposes. Yeah, yeah, she helps you with grinding, but when you're specifically trying to catch a Murkrow and she's constantly spamming fairy-type attacks and killing them in two hits, Fair. Uh, they're not really helping. <laughs> and yeah, it doesn't help that they have a small uh, catch chance as well. So Cheryl, please. Yeah. <laughs> that was uh that was annoying i mean that's where you just go back annoying. in after you finished with her yeah yeah but also i just realized like, just looking it up it's only a 3.9 percent chance to catch with a regular pokeball it's about right God. honestly like that's from honestly, like full health right. on a pokeball <laughs> god it felt like that yeah in the red in par- like paralyzed it felt like 3.9 percent but yeah, I've, yeah, because I've been playing Brilliant Diamond as well. So, yeah, it's 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 a good it's a good remake, but it's like a it's all it's a safe remake. Yeah, it's very bare bones. It does like the bare minimum of a remake. Yeah, yeah, I'm seeing it think... as because it's it's a new development studio. Yeah, and they're kind of yeah, exactly. like, oh, we have to you know make a good impression and you know play it safe and stuff. Yeah, and they probably don't really have the autonomy to be able to you know try different things. Yeah, because you know Pokemon well, Company like. Yeah, so like you consider what Pokemon did with Let, like the Kanto Jed One Pokemon games, they you know did Let's Go. Yeah, you know they have the autonomy to be able to try those things. Where I think they put it out to a remake to a different company, they don't really have that ability to kind of go nuts with it. No, because Let's Go was specifically to capture the Go Pokemon Go audience. It yeah, sure was. Yeah, which I actually I actually really enjoyed Let's Go. Oh, I didn't. <laughs> I, I super did not. I mean, the Eevee, Eevee helped, but that's it. E- Eevee did help. Eevee is adorable as all hell, but like, l- literally, as I hit the credits, like, because I I streamed it as well, because like, I stream all my games at these points. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> immediately as I hit credits, I just went to the homepage, deleted the game. I, uh, On stream, I guess, too. Super not my thing. I can see why you guys wouldn't would be a bit met on it because you guys are a bit more core RPG kind of crowd. Yeah. So I I feel as though yeah, let's go definitely caters to the more casual. I just don't like how you, there's no actual battles. It's it's apart from you know against trainers. Yeah. So oh, catch the Pokemon. It's like I want to battle it. You know, weaken it yeah. and then catch it. Like it, you know, it's actually a challenge. It's not Safari Park two point speaking of safari park it is not fun in gen 4 no it's not <laughs> i'm not up to it oh uh, it is well, yeah, with it. Uh, the marsh is not the fun. worst like safari zone style area in like all of these pokemon games 
It has a rotating list of Pokemon, which changes every day. So yeah, if if you want a Carnivine, there's a sixteen percent chance it will spawn each day. So that's yeah, that's annoying. And just general navigation in the place is an absolute mess because you're constantly wading through thick mud. And you get stuck in stuck in it. Yeah, you get stuck in the mud, so you need to like mess around with your controls like wiggle yourself out before you can like start moving again also i forgot how annoying it was having a step count and paying to go in (laughs) the fact you have to go in there to get defog as well is like oh great i've wasted money on this useless hm that i'm only going to use once (laughs) literally yeah i've only used it once (laughs) yeah that is quite funny. But at least, you know, you don't have to teach them the moves and you just get random wild Bidoofs and Bibarils and Staravius. Yeah. yeah. At least there's that. That 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 is a good change. Also, so, as an expansion from um, the party-wide XP, it's actually got a leveling curve based on, you know, how much XP you get. It's actually a challenge all the way through. Yeah, I mean, I found it a bit crazy to begin with because all my Pokemon were way too high. Yep. Way too high level, so it got very boring. But I imagined it would ease up a little bit later down the track. Depends how much you grind. Yeah, yeah. Was... Which I don't... Please, I don't grind in Pokemon <laughs> games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, like I mentioned before, like I am paying for that right now at yep. the moment. Because, uh, yeah, I was just significantly overleveled for everything up until, like, you know, the main galactic fight. Where, yeah, like, the in the HQ. Because it jumps uh, after the no. HQ. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's... Yeah, w- once I got to, like, roughly that part, it's when, like, everything started getting, like, on point to my level. But, like, I was still in the mindset. It's like, oh, I don't need a grind. I'll just skip everything. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm paying for it. Well, that'll be me next episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, anyone else have any other Pokemon things before I move on to the next topic? Well, just because it's all mine, I'll come back to my stuff later, which is, you know, because yeah, it's the only yeah, game I yeah, play. It's, it's, <laughs> it's the only thing you've played. And Crobat's amazing. Crobat is amazing. It is pretty sweet. If you're doing a poison yeah. mono run as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he will be good. <laughs> Uh, so yeah. That'd be a good mono run. That's what my brother's doing. Yeah, Ooh, poison I poison might... monotype runs are pretty fun. I might do that because just because it's a type that n- like never gets used. Yeah. Until you come one. across a psychic trainer, and then you're buggered. <laughs> <laughs> or still, then you're buggered. Oh yeah, you still yeah. Oh yeah, that's a good point. And yeah, there's a still gym leader. Oof, one of them will have to have a fire type move. Um, you'd have Skuntang, which can learn flamethrower. There yep. you go. Done. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> so yeah, uh, another thing that I've been playing, I actually did a review for this. It uh, came out uh, last Monday, I believe, but uh, I played Shin Megami Tensei Five. So this was an interesting experience. Because uh, I'm about to out myself here. Despite being, you know, like the SMT guy here, I have never actually finished an SMT game outside of Persona. Yes, I am a fake fan. 
Like, <laughs> like I've played a lot of S and T games, but I just never got around to finishing them. Like I've played uh, Strange Journey, uh, uh, Devil Survivor, SMT three, four. Uh, I believe I played Demi Kids on the Game Boy. No, nah, no, nah, I, I haven't checked out Apocalypse, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, so like going into it, I'm like, oh, I am way more nervous uh, to get into this game than I really should be, because I actually got to finish it so I can write about it. <laughs> oh no. And then I ended up blitzing through the game with like little to no difficulty. I was like, oh, okay. I wasn't expecting that. So like... Yeah, SMT5, I'd say, uh, like I say in my review, I'd say it's a uh, good uh, entry point into the franchise for people who have, like, specifically, like, found Shin Megami Tensei through, like, Persona 5, because I know there's a lot of people who have. Uh, Or if you're like me. Yeah, or, like, yeah. Yeah. But, like, it, it still has its teeth, but they have been filed down significantly. Especially if you get the luck that you did. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That didn't help either. Uh, the game has uh, enemies called Mitamas, which uh, they're basically, uh, you know, the catch up mechanic enemies. Like, they drop. Uh, like, there's one that drops uh, an item that is essentially a rare candy for your demons. Uh, there's one that uh, does the same thing, but, like, it's uh, meant for you and you only. Uh, there's one that gives you uh, extra items that you could just sell for free cash, and there's another one that gives you something called glory, which is like a secondary currency you can spend on passive abilities. I I got super lucky with these uh, Mitama spawns that specifically give the player character extra levels that, it yeah, it made the game just so easy. <laughs> I really shouldn't have used them. But, like... Even without them, by the time I got through the uh, first area, I was like 10 levels higher than the first boss. So... Dang. Uh, so it's like Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. I've got to explain myself a little bit about that too. Um, I'm the kind of guy who... Uh, I, I tend to lose the forest through the trees. I'm one of those guys that hyperfixates on, like, small details and forgets, like, big things. So while I was, like, casually checking out some stuff before the game came out, because I was, I was trying to be, you know, I was trying to be mindful because Japanese, uh, game, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, Japanese game ads typically tend to spoil a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. Which which is annoying, so like I was like trading carefully and all that. Uh, but when I was uh, doing that, I somehow didn't realize the game was an open world game. Uh-huh. Like at all. I thought, oh, it's just SMT. It's, uh, I I know what to expect. But uh, no, I I, <laughs> I I get thrown into the first area. It's it's semi open world. You 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 get like a bunch of areas that like work like open world areas they're they're huge it took me 10 hours to finish the first area they're, they're huge but um yeah i i get dropped down into the first area it's like okay here's a save point here's how you uh fast travel here's the world map it's like oh no like yeah. the game even has its own version of like uh breath of the wild's koroks that you gotta look oh. for <laughs> 
So it's like, oh no, oh no, I'll never get this finished. And like in the end, like I did actually ended up uh, ending up finishing it at about forty hours. So, like, you know, like my time is probably you know jacked because of you know my extra level luck. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, God, what else? What else? Um, what are the? Do you know the rewards if you collect all the collectibles? Is a golden poop? No, the game actually has like a list of like okay, you get five of these, you get this thing, you get five, of, uh, you get ten of them, you get this. So like, you know, you got stuff like that. Ah, yeah, it actually has a list of all the, all the actual rewards you get at certain things. Um, I really like what they've done with uh, uh, like the quality of life stuff with uh you know just the general gameplay because uh what they've done is they've uh they've made uh the demons actually like prefer certain skills so like they'll have like different affinities for skills so uh for example uh mermaid will be all about ice attacks and will hate fire so like her ice attacks will cost less mp to use and will be stronger but vice versa fire attacks on her will be weaker and cost more so you gotta like think about like that kind of stuff that's fun hmm. um there's also oh god yeah uh <laughs> this is one thing i absolutely love that is uh built up from a quality of life thing that came in from persona 5 strikers of all things is um you can actually uh, fuse demons from your compendium right from the fusion, uh, the fusion menu, so you don't have to constantly like back out. It's like okay, I'm looking for, I'm looking to fuse art. So what do I need? I need this demon, this demon, th and this demon. Okay, I need like this much cash to buy them back, and blah blah. blah. It's this whole thing. You can just do all of that from the fusion menu. It'll even show you. Like all the different variations of the fusion possible to make that, so it saves so much time. That's cool. That is that is like the best thing this game has. <laughs> it is great, but uh, other than that though, uh, this game runs like crap. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it it is very clearly. Like, it feels like what's happened is, like, they tried to... Like, they were going to make this for, like, PS4, possibly PS5, and, you know, modern consoles and all that. And then halfway through development, uh, the higher-ups are like, you do realize we're making this for the Switch, right? And they're like, oh, no. Is, <laughs> like... It was one of the first games announced for Switch, so you just yeah, have yeah. it more in mind. It's like, uh, I'll, um, the majority of the areas that uh, you'll be wandering around in is, like, desert, right? Uh, if you look at the sand in a certain angle, the lighting freaks out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the lighting on the sand freaks out. That looks awful. Uh, enemies in the distance will always run at, like, two frames a second and will only pop into, like, their normal uh frame rate once you're like arms reach with them <laughs> right it is, yeah is it, it really feels like 
all of the graphical fidelity went into the main character's hair. <laughs> well, I mean, it is an anime <laughs> game, so yeah, yeah, but like. You see, like, all the promotional stuff for the game, it's, like, it hyperfixates on the character's hair so much. But, like, when you run, it has, like, realistic, like, waving simulation. When you're, like, Naruto running in the desert. It's, it's so weird. It is so weird. That's clearly why the game took so long to come out. <laughs> yeah, they put so much development time in the hair alone. Uh, hey, was, was the hair good? If the hair was distracting. But was it good? The hair was good. Then that's yes. all you need. <laughs> but it was distracting. Done. Print it. Oh, Ship it. God. Market it. <laughs> Done. That's the game. Uh, but yeah, SMT5, it's good. But honestly, I prefer... Like, just playing it, I just really wanted to go back and play SMT4. Because... Uh, one thing I didn't actually get to talk about in my uh, in my review because there's no real way to talk about it without spoiling stuff. Hmm. The story is awful. Mm. Yeah, like, like not that it's bad; it's that it's barely existent, which is well, unlike Shin Megami Tensei, from what I've heard. Yeah, yeah, it's like. Like, um, like, right from the get-go, the game's like, oh, there's a fight between angels and demons, yada, 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 it's a Shin Megami Tensei game, it's what you expect. And so it's like, alright, I gotta kill demons, I suppose, and, like, 70% of the way through the game, when you kill, like, the majority of the demons, it's like, alright, now for the actual plot. <laughs> mm. Yeah, n now that we got, like, the... Usual Shimigami Tensei stuff out of the way. Here's where the plot actually kicks in. And yeah, I'm not going to spoil that, but like barely anything comes out of it. It's really weird. It came too late. Yeah, yeah. There's like really no way to like connect with any of these characters because like they just go through like the rigmarole of what you'd expect for SMT characters. Like, okay, this guy's going to side with like chaos this guy's gonna side with order this is going to be the neutral option which by the way that this game's neutral option is the worst neutral option every other snt game the neutral options is like oh we need a balance of order and chaos to live in harmony yada 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 like this game is like no we must murder everything it's like okay yeah that's neutral. that's just murder hobo <laughs> <laughs> yeah murder hobo uh but like there's even, like, one of the quote-unquote main characters that only shows up for two scenes in the entire game. And, like, one of them only shows up if you pick a specific ending. And they're only there for a side quest. It's... it's kind of a mess. Dang. Yeah. So, yeah. I feel like... I feel like Atlas, when they, when they announced it, because they announced it so early... I feel like they kind of felt obligated to, to you know, carry through with the release because surely there must have been some internal struggle for the reason why it took so long to come yeah, out. Yeah, like what it, was it? Nearly five years? Nearly? Yeah, roughly. Like it, it feel it really does feel like they had a lot of ideas for this, but like not a lot of it got through, 
and put yeah. it into the game. And like they had to cut a lot because it's on the Switch. So it's stick like, a stick a Persona Five is what I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah, like. It's just Shin Megami Tensei as a whole, uh, when it comes to, you know, just, like, its releases has always been really weird. Because, like, people give uh, Kingdom Hearts crap for, you know, releasing on multiple different consoles. You guys have not Mm -hmm. seen Shin Megami Tensei's, like, launch cycle. Like, the original Shin Megami Tensei game came out on the MSX. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's on the MSX, PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, uh, original Xbox, Xbox 360, uh, Vita, PSP. It's on, like, pretty much everything. Like, the <laughs> Shin Megami Tensei 3 and 4. 3 was on PS2, 4 was on the 3DS. <laughs> like, yeah, just that, that's a, changes. Yeah, they're, they're everywhere, and... Because of constantly changing consoles, there's always this weird jank that comes with it. Yeah, it's like it's trying to figure out what it needs to do on that specific console all over again. Yeah, yeah. And this is why like a lot of people say that like Persona is like the better version of SMT because it's always been on PlayStation. Yeah. I mean it's a valid argument. Yeah. But like there's there's I honestly, I'm just gonna stop it there because I could just ramble on about SMT for like another hour. <laughs> I, I need to move on to the other rant that I have. See, Nathan, he gets his rants in. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but like he, you know, weren't you gonna give him an actual segment to rant, not yeah, as a yeah. game intro? I think thing? he's claimed it for himself. I know. I think he's yeah. claimed it. Yeah, like the the intro of this podcast might as well just be me talking about video games and ranting I mean, about them. Feels like it sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do not envy you guys having to sit here and listen to my garbage. And sit back and <laughs> flick through Twitter. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyway, the uh, the other main game that I'm going to be, uh, that I've been playing, that I'm going to rant about is uh, Halo Infinite. Surprise, that shadow dropped out of nowhere. Woo. So that is, uh, that is a thing. I've been having a lot of fun with it. It is, it has been an absolute fantastic ride. Like, I haven't had this much fun since Reach came out. And, like, the general consensus of, like, its gameplay is it's the best Halo game since 3. So... Huge compliments. Yeah, yeah. The, the 343 did a lot of... Uh, just an amazing job with the general gameplay. Everything else, though, <laughs> is kind of a mess. So... When they were showing off uh, everything, it's like, okay, here's how the multiplayer works, this is how this works, yada, yada, yada. They talked about, it's like, oh, yeah, we have a battle pass, but, like, don't worry. Like, they'll last forever. Like, once you buy them, that's it. Like, they're not going to go away. Uh, You can get everything in the battle pass, like, just from, you know, playing the game and stuff. There's not going to be microtransactions or anything outside of, you know, buying the battle pass once and once only. Because, you know, it, it is a free multiplayer. They need to get money somehow. But, um, yeah, when the game actually launched, uh, turns out that was a lie. Because uh, Halo Infinite actually does have microtransactions, and they're some of the worst I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. It's like, you, you can get, like, these uh, 
uh yeah you can get like uh like customization bundles for your uh for your spartan and it's like i only really want to be able to use the color white for if uh for my spartan but it's like i can't get that while playing the game i have to buy the white paint in this 20 dollar bundle that comes with a whole bunch of other stuff yeah that's gross like it's it's and like customization is wonky as well because um because of the armor core system so like uh, so dumb how it works is uh the base game uh gives you uh what is called the mark 7 armor core which is like just where like it's how the new spartans work it's like how their armor works the battle pass gives you the Mark V armor core, which is the armor core from uh, Reach, and then like this new event that is going on uh, gives you the Yoroi uh, armor core, which is you know the uh, the samurai armor that was shown off in a lot of promotional stuff. Uh, when you get customization options, they are locked to specific armor cores, so you can't mix and match stuff. So it's like you can't have Reach. Uh, customizations on like the base game stuff you can't have base game stuff on the samurai armor that's really annoying and makes customization like restrictive mm. and what makes it worse is people have seen uh how the uh how 343 customizes its bots because like they tried to actually make each bot individual spartans and blah blah blah, blah and all that stuff so they have their own unique customizations. And they're all mix, uh, mixed and matched from different armor cores. So it's not like they can't do it. It's they refuse to let you do it. Yeah, okay. It's it's so annoying. <laughs> it is incredibly aggravating. But yeah, like the, the majority of the complaints, though, are coming from the battle pass. The battle pass is a mess. Yeah, the main reason why everyone is, like, really annoyed with the Battle Pass is, uh, back when they were doing the, uh, uh, the test flights, uh, before the actual game came out to, like, test everything, uh, when they tested Battle Pass progression, they actually, uh, like, it, progression was really nice, it, uh, you only needed, like, 500 experience per level in your Battle Pass, and, like, your weekly challenges would give you like 300 xp so like yeah going through it was rewarding and it felt good but like mm -hmm. on release they upped that to a thousand experience needed each level and it has made the uh the progression just an absolute goddamn slog so it goes from like two weekly challenges to four weekly challenges just to gain a single level and they also decreased how much experience you gain at the end of each match just from, you know, playing a match from 100 experience to 50. And yeah, like, wow. it is so slow. It is so incredibly slow. But like, when you look at it at the grand scheme of things, this is a battle pass with 100 levels that's supposed to last 6 months. So I get why it's paced like that. But like... As a player, it feels like garbage. 
It feels like mm. absolute garbage. And it's it's quite funny. Well, it's not. Well, it's definitely not funny. But like, it's quite interesting that like, because Phil Spencer has recently said, well, he's been saying for ages that he, you know, isn't a fan of microtransactions and wants to be, you know, doesn't. He feels as though that's a bad direction for the industry to take. But then you think, considering Halo is like the game for Xbox, you think he would have monitored this a little bit better? Yeah, yeah. Like they've uh, the devs have uh, like talked about it. They like haven't been able to say it directly that they didn't like the decision of having to do this, but they have like they've hinted at this was not our idea. This was mm. like more like higher ups yeah higher yeah this is more higher ups we are trying to talk to them yeah we are trying to talk to them to try and alleviate these things for you we hate this just as much as you do so hopefully that gets fixed but you know it's the holiday season so everyone's (laughs) on break so yeah yeah that's not gonna yeah and I don't think the higher-ups will do that at launch. They'll probably, you know, implement it three months afterwards once things start to slow down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Like, the or real they annoying... could do an Activision, do it, like, a month after launch. Yeah. Yeah. God, don't. Don't remind me. That's, for... what they, that's what they did for Crash Team Racing Nitro-Fueled. Just shoved <laughs> microtransactions into that a month after the game came out. It is a 20-year-old, like... No, it is a remake of a 20-year-old kart racer. Why are you shoving microtransactions into this? Because they can. (laughs) But, like, I... As as one of the three people in the world who only plays Halo for the campaign, it works out okay for me. You'd actually be surprised. There are a lot of people that just play Halo for the campaign. I I don't don't doubt it. I was one of those people for the longest time. (laughs) Then... You know, I actually got an internet connection that could actually handle playing online. <laughs> but, uh... I'm just antisocial. Yeah, so am I. <laughs> I'm incredibly antisocial. <laughs> but, uh... Why do we do a podcast again? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> because but, yeah, it's our like, excuse to be social? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, good point. Yeah, this is my this socializing. Is, yeah, this is our socialization. <laughs> and then we cut off for the rest of the... Like, for two weeks, and then we come back. Yeah. I was going to say, I only hear your guys' voices on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Other uh, than that, it's just messages through Discord and Facebook. Yeah. So who has time but, to actually do anything, though? Yeah. God. I mean, you're not wrong, but still. Yeah. Like, my stream is literally an excuse for me to play video games. <laughs> like, it's not because, like, hey, I want to entertain people. It's like, I this is the only time I can actually play video games. Yeah, so I might like, as well make it an obligation. Well, it's like it's like me in reviewing games. It's like I'm obligated to write this review. I enjoy doing it. Don't get me wrong, but I can then use that as an excuse to people to say, "I'm sorry, I can't do this. I have work to do." Yeah. And then I proceed to play Pokemon on my couch. <laughs> like I am working. I didn't lie. <laughs> but that's that's what I was doing. I was playing Pokemon on my couch for work today. Exactly. Funny, Nathan. Did you have your Nintendo fact? Yes, I decided to do it around Pokemon because you know Pokemon was a big release. Um, so and I focused on Gen Four because topical. Um, so the original Gen Four games were the last chance you had to play in the game corner. Huh. The game corner hasn't existed since Gen Four. 
What was the game corner again? I straight up don't remember. The casino. No, I think. It oh, was, right, right. I think yes. it, this one it was the card flipping game thing. Nah, I believe it still had slots. I remember I, I, Fire I Red and card, Leaf Green had the card the, flipping. The, the card flip, I believe, was. Heart Gold Soul Silver, I think. Yeah, Heart oh, Gold maybe it Soul was, Silver. Yeah, because there were. Yeah, that was their change when the, uh, you know. Uh, like the laws actually got implemented. Yeah, and so, then they just did nothing else after that. So, what's the game corner in Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl? Uh, clothing uh, store. Yeah, clothing store. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> and Aww. and the warehouse for the clothing store. That's disappointing. <laughs> yeah, like you you gotta add in the uh, character customization somewhere. Yeah, I guess. Like, um, I get it, but it's still disappointing. I mean, yeah. the character's customization is still pretty good, though. Yeah, yeah. my character is wearing a sick leather jacket right now. With Murkrow on it, like, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, with a from- Murkrow on it. Very, yeah, themed very well for my dark monotype run. <laughs> it's why I like looking back at, like, really old Pokemon stuff, like, from Gen 1, where uh, Pokemon, the Pokemon company still weren't too sure which direction they were going to take yeah. in terms of where they're appealing. So... Mm. It's it's just funny, you know, in the original, like the Pokemon manga is the best example, Pokemon Adventures, and we've talked about that in another episode. Yeah. Um, but like those kind of things, where like Miss, um, the equivalent to Misty, she's wearing like a, um, like a skimpy outfit in the in red and green, the Japanese version. So if you translate it, the guy, um, blocking the path in Brilliant City, he's drunk and hungover. Yeah, passed out. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going from that, and now now we don't have Game Corner. It's just like, yeah, it, they definitely went for a more child-friendly because that's clearly where the money was. And uh, Gen 4, you couldn't actually receive Arceus. It was only through events, wasn't it? No, you had to hack that event in. Ah. You legitimately, the event never happened. You had to hack the event in. Really? Huh. Yes, because they thought it was too complicated for people to do. Okay. So the first time you could get Arceus was in the 20th Pokemon anniversary when they were doing all the mystic, uh, mythical Pokemon uh, once a month. Huh. That's the giveaways and, you know, the little plushies that they did. Interesting. And that was five years ago, which makes me feel even older. <laughs> this actually reminds me of, of another point I wanted to bring up about this game in that I was so just, dis- like... I was so disappointed when I went to like one of the first cities and I spoke to a random person and they they gave me Mew because for playing Let's Go. Yeah. I was like, what random person in a random city just gives out a Mew? And then the next one gives you um, Jirachi. 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 Yeah, Yeah, person literally right next to that guy. It's like, oh, you you have Sword and Shield. Here's Jirachi. Yeah, I'm just like, it just ruins... To me personally, and probably to many others, it kind of ruins the magic around yeah. that. I didn't count them did... in my Nuzlocke run. Yeah, I, I put them straight into the, to yeah. the box. Yeah, into the box, yeah. I think if uh, you pre-ordered it somewhere, you also got Manaphy. Oh no, you can still get Manaphy. You just got to go on the mystery um, uh, mystery gift and... Um, oh, you okay. Get the I thought that was, yeah, I thought that was like a pre-order bonus or something. No. Huh. But, it, I mean, it's functionally a pre-order bonus where if you don't claim it by i think february you can't claim it anymore nah right yeah it's a you got an early bonus which they've been doing every year 
Uh, every release, I think. Because I know they did it with uh, Gen 5 with Victini. Uh, I remember uh, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like they, they've been doing like, you know, oh, you got the game early. Cool. Uh, here's a little bonus for you. Yeah. And I remember with Let's Go, if you bought the Pokeball Plus, you got Mew as well. Yeah. A $60 Reggie dollar, yeah. uh, Could, controller know, that was gatekeep. literally just a ball and a joystick, which that I was... bought. <laughs> to be fair, you, you can actually use it with Pokemon Go. Yeah, true, which I never did as well. Because <laughs> you can, if you um, set it up properly, you can just press the button on the top of the Pokeball and catch Pokemon as you go around. My accountant hates me. <laughs> Bet they do. But you can claim it as a work expense. No, I don't think that flies. I mean, if you do a review I'll on it. <laughs> I'll try next time. Yeah. Next time. What piece um, of nerd junk did you buy this time? <laughs> <laughs> no, take, that, that's, take, that's when the YouTube channel like launches. Yep. My accountant takes Valium before I enter. <laughs> but yes, um, uh, it... as we were speaking of the, that was it from facts. The only thing I played was uh, Shining Pearl and a bit of Mario Party, but you know we spoke about that. So any other points you wanted to bring up? Well, about Pokemon, I've been doing a Nuzlocron as mentioned, um, and it's going relatively well. I've only lost two Pokemon, one because That's of good. those damn Abras at the very beginning of the game. Uh, yeah. Flashbacks. Yeah, but this time they had charged me, which is worse. Yeah, it is worse actually. It is significantly worse if you pick Pip Plop. Don't pick Pip Plop. No. It's Pip Plop. <laughs> like the like was it the only Pokemon available to you are Bidoof, Starly, and Pip Plop at that point. Yeah. Two of them are like, oh, obviously you other two starters, but like you go Pipplop, you've only got two that are weak to it and Bidoof. <laughs> I almost lost the run there straight away. <laughs> it was Bidoof supremacy. Oh yeah, Bidoof got sacrificed. Aww. Who did you go with, Jake, for your starter? I went with, uh, why am I forgetting its name? Turtwig. Turtwig, thank but you. But technically your oh, starter was Murkrow. Yeah, my real starter was the Murkrow. That that Turtwig was useless. Sure. It lost to the Rock Gym. How? How did you mess that up? <laughs> well, he only very had one bad Pokemon. Flinch to, yeah, I yeah, because of my rules I only had the uh I only had the Turtwig and a very bad flinch on the uh Rampart no not Rampart, it was Granados Edbutt. Huh. That is very unlucky. But yeah, yeah. Like the second I got that Murkrow, I got rid of him. He was useless. Oh, I like my Turtwig. I know. I like Turtwig too. It's just the one that I got just happened to have like really bad stats, poor nature and everything. Oof. Yeah. yeah okay, that's rough. <laughs> but no, I, I've only had that one and my Staravia, which I had die in the underground because when you first go in the underground, there is a big level difference. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, there really is. And I did not expect it. Nope. Yeah, like everything in the underground scales to how many badges you have. Yep. Not it, like it hurts. your Pokemon's level. Yeah. But yeah, I've um, 
What have I come across? I've got uh, Miss Magius at the moment, which is nice carrying me through Team Galactic <laughs> because I have this like uh, Psybeam, Shadow Ball, uh, and Mystic Fire that it's just carrying me through Team Galactic. Nice. Yeah. Um, I've got a Roserade, which has helped a lot. Very tanky, which I did not realize. Yeah, Roserade is surprisingly tanky. Yeah, you look at it, you're like, oh, this is probably just, you know, a glass cannon. No, it is tanky. I've got Empoleon. Uh, what else was there? I've got a Licky Licky, a Bastiodon, and a Pachirisu. And Pachirisu, you know, it's the Pikachu clone, but it is really carried in certain battles. That Pachirisu, you have told me some things Oh, yes. That. Yeah, that yes. is the MVP of your team. Uh, Pachirisu with Pickup has really, really done its... Uh, it's been carrying its weight. Uh, before I even beat the third gym, I had a Shiny Stone and a Dusk Stone. Uh, then I mm. also got a Dawn Stone. I've also got another Shiny Stone from it. I got uh, several... like. Super potions, hyper potions. I've got rare berries from it. Pickup is a like carrying in a Nuzlocke at the moment. Like I got um, Miss Magius and uh, Roserade before I should have been able to evolve them, and then I just went to the Move Tutor with uh, Heart Scales and taught them the moves that I wanted to teach them. Interesting. Yeah, Pickup is really good. Yeah, but yes, that I've been had Nuzzle. Yeah, I've been using Nuzzle. Nuzzle, Super Fang, uh, Electro Ball. Like, Nuzzle shouldn't be as good as it is for an ability. Uh, like for an reference? Tech, yeah, an electric tech that, like, guarantees a paralysis. So it's a 20%, like, so only 20 power, but it's 100% paralysis and 100% uh, accuracy. Like, that's too good. And now, before Gen 7, Paralysis was broken. Mm. Because it was quarter your speed, not half your speed. So, yeah, like the... Yeah, Gen 4 would still have, like, the quarter speed instead of the half speed. Yeah, but in this one, they're doing half faithful. speed, I think. I think, ah, they're still, I think it's still got all the mechanic, because all the move pool changes are still the same as Gen 8. Right. Like, Leech Life is actually powerful. Instead of being, you oh, know, pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. I really shouldn't have. Because they, they've team. buffed bugs, bug moves. Yeah, they time. have. <laughs> like, to be fair, bug types have always been, like, you know, kind of the joke. Yeah. For the longest while. It's because you always like, get them early and they're weak. Like, eh. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, now they're actually, like, legitimate threats. Oh, yeah. Uh, I like my Heracross. I mean, yes, but, you know, all your bug types in general. God, I'm, getting Just PTSD. I'm getting PTSD for that goddamn Heracross from the Elite Four. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I, I, so so far I've just beaten the 8th gym, so I've got the Victory Road and Elite Four to do, which I'm planning on having done by tomorrow. Nice. Assuming I don't white out and end the run. 
So I'll go through what I've been playing very quickly. Yeah. Because we've uh, been doing this for a long time. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> we should probably move on to the news. The, um, the fact we're at almost 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, it's a long one. Yeah, it is. Well, it's a bit, I mean, Pokemon, Shimigami Tensei, Halo, there's a fair bit to yeah. talk about yeah. those ones. Um, so like I said, I'll go through mine really quickly. Um, I got a code for Beyond Blue, not related to the Have organization in Australia. Yeah, not related to that. Um, so Beyond Blue is like a, it's kind of like Abzu in a way, but more, I suppose, scientific. You actually like, go, you're on this expedition and studying like, uh, f- like sperm whales, and like their family and how, they, and how they grow up and all that kind of stuff. It's kind of yeah. cool. Um, and it's got like actual like real like footage of documentaries and that kind of stuff. It's it's really cool. Um, yeah. It lacks on Switch, um, f- like fidelity wise. Like it, especially in handheld mode, it doesn't look great. Um, it suffices, don't get me wrong, but like, play it if you have the ability to play it on PC or like Xbox or PlayStation or whatnot. It's definitely much better on there. But I mean, overall, it, it works okay. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a neat little game. Um, nothing too extensive, but if you're into like underwater science, marine biology, that kind of stuff, um, which I'm not particularly, but I can I can acknowledge it for what it does. So that's Beyond Blue. Uh Death Store, so this was the third game in Switch Abuse history we've given a perfect score, which is pretty pretty big. Ten out of ten. Um, ten out of ten. Um oh, I mean it was harder before that. <laughs> yeah, it was it was harder for some like in, in the past because we worked off a hundred point system. So like I remember giving games like ninety eight and ninety six, which now I would probably give them a give them ten out of tens by you know, rounding. Yeah. But officially, this is like the third perfect score game. Um, Death Store is, it's incredible. It is just absolutely incredible. Um, I won't say too much about it, but I know it's being nominated for, for Indie Game of the Year at the Game Awards. I and saw it's that. probably going to win. It's probably going to win, to be honest. Like, yeah. everyone, it's pretty unanimous. Everyone's pretty, like, talking about it. Um, do you guys know much about it? Apart from I've... the fact that it won uh, our Game of the Year. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen. You, I know you're going to go. Of, this is yeah. it. You override yeah. everyone's votes. <laughs> Not everyone's votes, but I will override <laughs> my votes. That's for sure. Um, yeah. But it's basically you're a crow, but you're you're a reaper, and oh, you're so a psychopomp. That's what I like. The, the the, that's what the term is where you are basically the guide the death. To where they're like you know to the final resting place kind of thing. Oh, okay, okay. It's, it's the term for it. It's a psychopomp. No, right. like a Charon is a psychopomp. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm, didn't know that. Uh, but yeah, you're a, you're a crow, and you go. But like, it's it's funny because it's death has been manifested in such a way in this game, like in this world, where it's almost like bureaucratical. So when you start, you have to go through like a metal detector, um, then enter your office, and then you get an assignment. Um, in like, and you know, you've got you've just got crows that are like at their desk filing through paperwork. And it's, it's, That's fun. Yeah, it's, it's very fun. It's very cute. <coughs> oh, excuse me, sorry. And then you go through and you go on your mission, but then someone takes your assignment, um, and then it gets a bit interesting. So you kind of have to. Um, help out this old crow to get these three giant souls and then 
chaos ensues from there but the game where have i heard that before it pretty much yeah (laughs) but the the gameplay is fantastic the humor is surprisingly good like it's very very on point i shared the um the photo and it's in i put a screenshot in the review as well of the lord of doors and he has he's just sitting there and it's like got his subtitle down the bottom and he's holding a mug that says world's best lord i'm like (laughs) that's good that's very good and just like it's got great humor um for like such a a deep topic such as like death and whatnot so it it works really well and the charm is fantastic like i've i've seen footage of um like people slashing up like signposts and stuff and like going to read it again and the text box is cut in half i didn't actually notice that that's cool Hmm. that that's fun that's cheeky and fun yeah there's a lot of effort put in put into this game it's um it is fantastic. The The most interesting thing and probably has divided people in the game is that there's no map, which there were times where it was detrimental, but it. what I really liked about the game is it trusts its players to know um, where things are going. And it, like it's the the dungeons are set up in a way that you don't really need a map, but like it's still requiring you to take note of things. Right. Um, it's really interesting. And... I I liked it. I liked that it didn't have a map, but I can easily see how people would have an issue with that. And I did have an issue every now and then. Sometimes I was like, wait, which way do I go again? But that was for me. It's a game where you have to pay attention. You mm. really have. You can't play it absentmindedly. And I remember Steve, a Metroidvania guy, um, he loves maps, clearly, for, for like Metroidvanias. So when I told him, because he loves Zelda as well, and I told him about Death's Door, and then I said, oh, but there's no map. He's like, ooh, maybe not. I was like, but it's amazing. But like, yeah, he's such a map guy. So it's like, yeah, it can be make or break for some people. To me, I loved it, but I can see how it might not appeal to everyone. And not Switch related, but I've been playing on my new Razer Kishi with my phone. So if you're not aware, the Razer Kishi is the um, controller add-on plug-in for your mobile, for your phone. Uh-huh. And because I have Game Pass as well, so I've, I've actually been... Because I've been playing like cloud games, like streaming games on my phone through Game Pass, but it's very limited if you're playing with touchscreen, and it's not nice playing touchscreen. I, the only game I played to completion... On my phone with touchscreen was, um, oh my goodness, I'm blanking on the name. Slay the Spire. Slay the Spire. That makes oh, sense. Oh yeah, that yeah that that works fine. Exactly, because it was you know menu based and you're just flicking through cards. Anything that requires action, it wasn't going to work. So yeah, I I got my Razer Kishi and it, and it had me thinking like how like is this will likely be the future of portable gaming. It's going to take a long time, don't get mm. me wrong, but like the Switch works well now because it doesn't require because it doesn't require internet to be able to take on the go. But I don't know, 15, 20 years down the track, how is that going to look and will the Switch still be relevant or will it still work in that same market where you don't need cuz I mean, Wi-Fi and mobile networks will be more readily available, so yeah, I just I thought that was very interesting. But, like, it takes a long time to boot up games, and you can't lock the screen or go out of the game. Huh. So, like, if you, get, if you get a message or something and you check it, then the connection, dis- it disconnects. No. So, because it's cloud, 
cloud gaming. It needs to yeah, constantly be going. Yeah, that's really annoying, but oh, that's the limitations of yeah. the, you know. Exactly. So I'm thinking cloud gaming portably will likely be the future, but not yet. And no. I think the Switch still has quite a long ways to go in keeping hold of that space. But yeah, I'm curious to see where that goes in about 10 to 15, 20 years. That was my little little rant on that, I reckon. See, I can do my own rants. Just a little bit. <laughs> Still the shortest out of all of ours, though. I, I think mine was probably shortest because I only had one game. Yeah, well, I but tried. you did talk about it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, it's the it's big Pokemon. Pokemon. It's some, yeah. yeah, it's the big new Pokemon. It's the and stuff we, we've been playing for Pokemon. 25 years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tensions are rising. Um... We'll move on. So before we get to the news, we'll just have a bit of a discussion about our Patreon. For just $1 per month, you can get the podcast two to three days early. It all goes toward, uh, towards supporting the website, supporting us, and so we can continue doing this. And if we get to $100 per month, we'll even make the podcast a weekly show. But moving on. So Nintendo continues to insist that the Switch will redefine the console lifecycle and now says if it's, that it's at its midpoint. So we're looking at another four years, roughly. Yeah. Because oh, what's a switch? It was March 2017. Yeah. So coming up to five years. Yeah. Next year. So it's really kind of funny three considering. Years. Three years? Well, you're yeah, looking at about three more years. Of oh, cycle, right, right, yeah. right. I mean, the 3DS technically went for eight years itself. Sure did. The handhelds had tended legs. to have longer life cycles. Yeah, aside from the Game Boy Advance. How long was, was the Game Boy Advance? Two thousand. I think that was like two thousand one to two thousand five, or six. Wow, it was short, wasn't it? Yeah, even though it sold eighty million. Yeah. Units. Game Boy Advance was a beast, and there was a lot of solid games on that. Oh yeah, yeah there was. So the Switch, I'm thinking, I reckon it'll probably hit ten years, to be honest. I reckon there'll be a there'll be a re you know like a new switch or something like that. There will be one eventually, but probably a, a, power a switch upgrade. OLED. Kind of yeah, like how like, um, you had the PS4 Pro and the Xbox exactly. One X as their big upgrades, and the other ones were just left behind, basically. Yeah, but I think with the OLED, I think we probably won't get it until like 2023. I reckon that'll carry it over for about another year or two. Yeah, I, I mean, and this is me, like, I hope they don't release it next year because I literally bought the Swoled. So, like, and then a year later, they come out with a more powerful model. And it's just like, ugh. That's yeah, something that Nintendo would, would do. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, and you know I would buy it as well, so. Yeah, we yeah, know you, you would. You told us that you just brought the uh, Pokeball Plus. Yeah, my accountant, and he, he's shaking his head right now. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm I'm curious. And, like... The Switch is still on top. It sold uh, three hundred fourteen thousand in its first month with the with the Swoled, which is and it, you know in North America and Japan they can barely find it. So it's I mean that's partly due to obviously stock issues as well, but still it's still very popular. Any other thoughts on that? No. I mean, it really took over PlayStation for top sales for the month, so... 
Yeah, because PS5 had like the top spot for one month. Yeah, because they released like two batches in that month, I think. Yeah, they did. And then they had nothing. I don't think there's been anything this month. I'm excited to get my PS5 in 2023. Man, I can't wait. Yeah. Thing is, by then they'll do a uh, like a new ver- the slim version. Well, they've already done a new version. Uh, it's actually not as powerful. Oh, really? Yeah. No, I think I think there was something else. It, like it runs on like lower. It's not as great from what I remember. Hmm. I wonder if that's from like a, so they can get them out quicker. Yeah, I think that was. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll hold out. There's I said I was so going to wait for the slim this. version, so. I'm yeah, I can, I can. Yeah, I can see that. 2024. Yeah. That's when I'll get my PS5. Meanwhile, Jake's sitting here crying, waiting to play Ratchet and Clank. <laughs> I, I've gotten so desperate, I'm looking at Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> <laughs> you don't do it. That is... Don't do it, dude. Yeah. You know it's a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Ratchet Rift Apart will probably come to PC with the way they're going before you can get a PS5. He's not wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to admit it, but you're right. <laughs> uh, interesting news about Tencent. Uh, Jake, I think you can cover this one. I know you have opinions on Tencent. Alrighty, Tencent purchases 90% of Wake Up, who own uh, Soliel Limited, uh, which helped develop Ninjala and Travis Strikes Again. Yay! <laughs> the conglomerate yeah. adds more things to the hulking mass. You know they've, they are, I think, the second highest earning gaming um, <laughs> company? Oh, dear Lord. The first being it, it, Sony. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me, honestly. I think Nintendo is third. With, I think it was like $12 billion or something. But yeah, Tencent was yeah. higher. And it was like fudge. I think, yeah, I think before the Switch, Nintendo were like eighth or ninth, and they came back up, which yeah, makes it's... sense. But like Activision Blizzard were like, used to have that spot. Matt, nah, yeah. fall from grace. We'll get to that eventually. Uh, <laughs> That's a rant. But but yeah, like Tencent really feels like the gaming equivalent of Disney. It is just eating everything. Yeah, it's scary. Mm. Is genuinely scary. Yeah, it's terrifying, and that, and you know the the big reason why you know China's economy is as weird and messed up as it is so like them just owning more and more of the western market is legitimately terrifying Mm. and speaking of earning more of the western market yeah so definitely mixed feelings uh buying minority stake of platonic yeah minority so they don't have control but they still like it's they still have a an influence chunk. they will yeah, have they, an influence yeah regardless they still have money invested into that company so they can still yeah like you said they still have an influence there which is i mean it's not majority stake so it's not like a repeat of rare with microsoft mm. 
but it it's kind of it's kind of deja vu almost. I mean, Platonic. I mean, obviously, Platonic have spun the, are trying to spin this in a good light, and there are positives too. What yes, has happened, yes, obviously. Yes, yeah, yes. yeah, they get more funding and... More funding like so they can yeah. publish more games. And um, they were also saying that they hired someone from, I think it was Raw Fury, that publishing label, um, like a recent employee from there. So he's going to take over in regards to their publishing um, endeavours because Platonic has been doing a lot of that recently. Um, so they're now going to take over there and now... Gavin Price and a lot of the developers, um, they can now start focusing on development more so again. Fair. Which yeah, which is a good sign for Platonic in that way, because um, they also announced Ukulele sequel is in development. So hey, like an that's actual something. Yeah, new three D platformer. Which that yeah, that is very exciting, and as long as it's as long as they don't take uh, any influence from Demon Turf, I think we'll be okay. I would assume not. Yeah, I hope not. I didn't like that game. Um, but yeah, so yeah, it's it's a it's a bit of pill to swallow, but as long as Platonic play their cards right, I think we'll be okay. But I guess only time will tell. It all comes back to money. Now, uh, Nintendo of America were apprehensive about the GameCube being purple. Why purple's the best color? I had a black I mean, I... one myself, but again, the purple one's really cool. Yeah. Uh, mine was, uh, I was about to say chrome, it's not chrome, but mine was silver. The, one that the I silver got. one. Yeah. yeah you got like, it right the at purple the end of the life is... cycle, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like the only ones that were left was like the last of the last like special editions <laughs> that no one wanted. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's kind of a shame. I, I did really like my silver one though. It really stood out, but like <laughs> purple... Like, just just the shade of purple, like, specifically for the GameCube, is my favorite shade of purple. It, it is really it cool. It looks good on yeah, the controller it, as well. It looks great. I mean, I can I can understand that their apprehension, especially around that time. Yeah, a lot of stuff was, like, grey back then with their electronics. Yeah, yeah going, like, yeah. edgy. It, everything was grey or black. Yeah. Or, you know, I mean, the silver, the silver color is probably more indicative of that time. Yeah. Mm. Or you know, it's a was it transparent neon? Yeah, oh, I, I love the transparent those days. ones. Yeah. I remember my friend used to have a transparent green Xbox, original Xbox. Yeah, I, I had a yeah, transparent a had purple N sixty four controller. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I had one of them too. They were good. Although which the, it got used which the, uh, the joystick was not straight. I was yeah, I was just about to say like the one that I had, I always used a transparent one, and then like years later, when people would come around, no one wanted to use that controller. Yeah, because you played it got so Mario overused. Party. Yeah, because it got so overused, and that like you would. Hey, speaking <laughs> of joy, like you think you had a bad with Joy-Con drift? Play a busted N sixty four controller. Oh, they're, the, they're so bad. <laughs> And I'm surprised they didn't like redo it for. I mean, they kind of have to, but like I'm holding the the wireless Nintendo Switch online N64 controller, and I don't know if they did anything with the joystick. It looks pretty similar to me. It probably was the exact same. Yeah. So. But like they the GameCube was a it. really solid console. Like the controller, like perfect. 
Yeah. Like it is the probably yeah. the most comfortable controller I've had. Mm. And like the like the trigger buttons just feel so solid pressing them in. Like yeah, the click I, yeah. The click is very satisfying yeah. with those triggers. Yeah, like no, nothing has beaten the GameCube controller. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I I love the the Switch Pro controller and the Xbox oh, Series yeah, X. Yeah, dude, same. Like in, in my opinion, like the uh, the Switch Pro controller is like a close second. Yeah, the Switch Pro controller it's... is really solid, but again, GameCube is muah muayase. <laughs> they go, and especially with the weight bird as well. Yeah, I did love my weight bird. But then the the spring went for me, like like half went in the right trigger for the weight bird. Ah, uh, uh, that's a shame. So it still works, but if you want that satisfying click, you really have to click. Or um, it's like, I mean, it was is a haptic feedback where it, like it goes based on how much you push it in. Yeah, yeah that that was back on the GameCube controller. Yeah, that's yeah that started with because uh, they utilize that a lot in Sunshine. Oh yeah, hundred percent they do. Yeah, and I just remember using that, and but like with with my Waybird, when I press it in, you can feel you can hear the spring. Oof! Like here we go. That's pretty bad. <laughs> I was like, gotta be careful, gotta be careful. But yeah, I can, I can understand the apprehension from NOA being. Like with the GameCube being purple, I'm surprised they didn't redesign it like like they did with the Super Nintendo. Huh. Yeah, I mean we got the superior Super Nintendo, 100. percent Like that other one is not good looking. <laughs> no, it's very boxy, and we got the colors as well. Yeah, like you want you want the different colors on the on the buttons. Um, so Metroid Dread got a got its Game of the Year nomination at the Game Awards as well as Best Action Adventure. So I mean that's December tenth, I think. Game Awards. Let me double check this. Yeah, December tenth or December 9th technically, in on over in the West in Australia, it's December tenth in the afternoon. Mm. But so some other notable. Nominations: Monster Hunter Rise and Shin Megami Tensei Five for Best RPG. Yeah, we have a thing for this, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> well, nah, Nickelodeon All Stars for Best Fighting Game, which is kind of cool. Which is fair. Yeah, right? interesting, but like, there's been a lot of actually fantastic fighting games that came out this year. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for Best Family Game, Mario Party Superstars, New Pokemon Snap, Super Mario 3D World, plus Bowser's Fury, and WarioWare Get It Together. So all Nintendo for that entire category. I think there's one non-Nintendo game, which is like very rare for the family game, for the family game section. I just always find that inter- I I always find that hilarious because it's mostly Nintendo or all Nintendo. Yeah. Uh, not surprising. Breath of the Wild sequel for most anticipated game. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Which I'm guessing is um, a Silk song on that as well. That game's never coming out. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I, don't, I don't think it's real. You've given up. It's always on our antis- Yeah, it's always on our anticipated list as well for indies. And it's yeah, it's never. Uh, it'll happen one day. Um, I'm looking through the list. Uh, anticipated. Oh my god, there's so many categories. 
Oh, it's a, get, it's, it's a mess. It's a whole... I know, the whole thing for, like, esports, and it's just, like, there's the 30 minutes that I just tune out. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think, like, anyone pays attention to that stuff. No. Uh, no Hollow Knight Silksong on anticipated games, so it's Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Breath of the Wild 2, and Starfield. Which, I mean, it all makes sense. Elden Ring yeah. probably is going to win that, honestly. No, yeah, what- yeah. Yeah. It won, it won last year. Now with with everything they've shown off, like, like they've shown off gameplay and everything, and it, yeah, I've never and played a Dark Souls uh, game. There's a demo. Not to, was it? They've given early access to people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So gameplay has been shown a lot for that, and it looks yeah. smooth. It, it looks, looks real good. It looks incredible. Yeah. So I like I said, I've never played a Dark Souls game, but I I've got Dark Souls remastered on my Xbox. So I need to play it. Um, but yeah, Elden Ring is definitely caught my eye for sure but yeah a, lo- a lot going on this game like well actually not too much but they have been hinting obviously because nintendo and a lot of other companies do a lot of announcements at the uh, the game awards so which is half the reason why we watch the game awards let's be honest hmm. it's for those announcements but do you guys hope to is there anything you hope to see or think we'll see this year uh it's kind of been like uh, it's kind of been a trend that Crash Bandicoot will show up at the Game Awards, so I'm hoping mm-hmm. for like any Crash news just being, you know. Oh, hello. <laughs> Apologies for that if that shows up on the microphone. Well, it's coming through Discord, so it's probably going to be on the microphone. Ah, uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, it's uh, it's feeding time for my dogs, yep. so <laughs> so they're going nuts. But yeah, yeah, I, I I hope to see some kind of uh, Crash Bandicoot thing because like there have been like a lot of hints and leaks and stuff coming out from Activision saying that they're working on something, mm. but we don't know what it is. I mean, they, they could of. do a, a Spyro thing. We have not heard anything about Spyro, unfortunately. <laughs> Speaking of stuff we've actually heard about, though, that's uh, been leaked somewhat, is um, was it Nintendo doing something on uh, a a Zelda presentation? Yeah, that I don't know if that's going to be at the Game Awards or not, but it's meant to be a Zelda 35th presentation. I have heard rumblings about that. So that can be interesting. I mean, it is common to see Zelda at the game awards i mean going back to you know the first well breath of the wild going back to that one um they shut off the wii u i think they did a couple like when they shut off the wii u version <laughs> and i remember them showing us the map on the gamepad i'm like oh that would have been cool i mean you could have still brought the wii u version yeah but didn't it not have the map i don't know I, never I don't think it, it did actually it was funny because like it obviously it came out the same day as the switch and people who got the wii u version got it before 12 o'clock and could just leave but the people who were getting the switch had to wait for 12 o'clock to get the switch ah yeah, it's worth it yeah i've 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 never seen it been played on wii u and it, it it's one of those things where like people will say oh the wii u didn't get a zelda game because it got you know wind waker and twilight princess but it did yeah it got breath of the wild but it won't be remembered yeah, by that. No. But yeah, I, th- I think we might see some Breath of the Wild sequel, but I mean, we say that every year, I think. 
I mean, so, it's getting close. I mean, yeah. Some people say Metroid Prime, but I don't think they would show anything of that with Dread being the talk of everything at the moment. Yeah. But speaking of the Game and Awards, Dre- best role-playing. Having Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. The, the, oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, Cyberpunk 2077 is nominated for one of the best RPGs of the year. But, uh, you know what isn't. Bloody, uh, Near the World Ends With You. Persona 5 near Strikers. Yeah, uh, Lost Judgment. Ulta, yeah, Atelier Riser 2. Yeast. Bravely Default 2. Yeah, Yeast 9, Monster Hunter Stories. There are so many fantastic rpgs that came out this also year, monster hunter like, rise no, i classify that more as an action game than role-playing game yeah I, I did find that weird yep it is so baffling because the way they describe it... best role-playing is game designed with which player character customization and progression if that's the case that would mean saints row 3 is an RPG. That is how they describe yeah, it. It's as a very loose term. Character customization <laughs> and progression is how they determine what a role playing game is. Like, bro. Which is why Monster Hunter no. Rises in there, because, you know, that basically all you do is customize your character and upgrade them. But yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's a mess. Mm. I, I think everyone's going to have their differing opinions on it, though. That's. And that's where you're never going to be able to... Because genres are always a tricky thing. Even, like, music and film as well. But, I, I I mean, I agree with you. I definitely agree. But, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, not just the Game of the... Like, the Game of the Year awards. Metroid Dread won the Best Nintendo Game at the Joystick Awards. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, though. I don't really know what else it had to go up against. I mean, the yeah. Game Awards is more just like a, a big press event than anything. Yeah, it's it's the gaming Oscars. Yeah, it is pretty much basically the gaming Oscars. Like people don't really listen to it for actual, you know. Yeah. Especially when it, you look at it what really... was it? What won all the last year's stuff that was way over good, which that was not great. Last of Us know. 2? I don't pay attention. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And everyone was yeah. just like, are you serious? No. I mean, some people... I, I, I haven't played it, and I haven't played the first one either, but... I think people liked it, but like, was it was divisive. just like... It won so many like of, like categories. Yeah. So you wouldn't expect that from the game that got, you know, memed to death the most that year. Yeah. Yeah. Any press is good press. Sure about that? <laughs> I mean, I know, when you're really this small, that yes. <laughs> when you're like the size of us, any press is good press. Well, that is true. Please share, retweet on Twitter. Uh, Square Enix says that Neo The World Ends With You was well received by users, but has unperformed, underperformed due to our initial expectations. Yeah, the... the- which does not shock anyone who knows Square Enix. They expect everything yeah. to be Final Fantasy level almost. Yep. Yeah, so, it, it it doesn't have the legs for that, I don't think. Yeah, also, so it was only on the probably Switch. Means, yeah. No, it and was PS4. No, it was oh, it was, PS4. oh yeah, that's right. Because you played on PS4. Yeah, I played on PS4. 
But yeah, like that that just means it's like, oh, looks like the world ends with you is going to disappear for another 15 years. Cool. I mean, it, they yeah. have said it's going well, so at least there's that. Yeah, it's going well, but it didn't give them all the money in the world, so they're not going to care. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the word ends with you. Kind of reminds me of the of Metroid situation mm. for Nintendo. Like that, it was it was a very popular IP, but because it didn't sell very well, then they just put it on the back burner. But they keep saying, "Oh, yeah, it's a very important." you know very important ip for us but then they don't really do much with it but then it comes back and sells gangbusters so who knows maybe third time's a charm in 2031 i'm calling it now did i just make you upset yeah Yeah. i thought so i am so upset (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's a mess but yeah because because they did they put a lot of effort into the world ends with you like the the re- almost like relaunch of it like of the mm. series because they did the anime and everything as well which i watched and i liked it was actually really good i saw i yeah i i haven't seen the anime but i did see the fight with show that was animated really well yeah i really like i really liked the anime like the game i was not gonna play because i tried and no mm, yeah it's it's not the easiest to get into no it was made for the ds specifically um who hasn't gone nathan do you want to take this one sure can so the nintendo of america president doug bowser comments on activision's blizzard's latest scandal with uh bobby kotick being the main aspect of it uh, so along with all of you, I've been following the latest developments for, with Activision Blizzard. Uh, this, so this was an internal uh, email. Yeah. Um, and so it's, yeah, latest developments with Activision Blizzard and the ongoing reports of sexual harassment and toxicity at the company. I find these accounts distressing and disturbing. They run counter to my values as well as Nintendo's beliefs, values and policies. Every company in the industry must create an environment where everyone is respected and treated as equals and we're all understanding the consequences of not doing so. So this is a mess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Where it's gone to the point where A, Doug Bowser said something, B, Philip Spencer has said something and both their emails have, you know, actually got out into the public and they're both readjusting their, like, situation with Activision Blizzard. Yeah, there's there, there's a good chance that Activision Blizzard might be gone <laughs> in like the next couple of years. Yeah, um, if Bobby Unless Kotick does do not get something. kicked out, Activision Blizzard is going to crash hard. Mm. Which imagining uh, imagining the gaming in industry without Activision Blizzard is kind of crazy. I mean, it wouldn't be the worst thing. I mean, but. Because was it COD came out shortly after their initial scandal when it came out when it became a lawsuit, they yeah. actually removed the Activision name from COD initially for all marketing. Ah. It was like, oh, COD presents. But as soon as you know the news of it died down, they put their name back on it. Wow, <laughs> I didn't even. Yeah, know they that. put their name no, back on it. I. That's really crazy. I mean, it's that where you compare it to Battlefield twenty forty two, and that's not 
impressing people either. This is like following the trend that I've been talking about recently with like big publishers just not living up to standards. I wonder mm. if it's got something to do with the working from home and whatnot. Like, I wonder if that's got something to do with it where it's really hitting bigger development companies and like indie companies are stripe are like are thriving in this time. Mm. I don't know. Food for thought. Yeah. To be fair, it's yeah, been it's like that for a while. To, though. You, yeah. Well, yeah, because like, so now it, we're starting yeah. to see the, yeah, the results yeah. of it. Yeah, it's it's starting to be more prevalent now. And I, yeah, it might be because it's a little hard to, you know, crunch people when they're working from home. Mm-hmm. They can just have a nap whenever they want. <laughs> you reckon that's it? People are just napping too much? <laughs> I mean, you know, they're not doing ridiculous hours, which yeah. should be illegal. It really should. Yeah, so that's where I suppose as well the management side of things needs to needs to change, and they're there's a lot of them are stuck in their ways, and a lot of but like I noticed Nintendo have always they've always had a really good culture like a work life balance culture, and they've always like said eight hour days you can't work overtime. Yeah, like it's it, they they're they're very strict on being. Lenient. Well, they like you never hear about Nintendo doing a um, like a crunch before a game comes out. Yeah, you always they will happily delay yeah. it. Like, yes, there are you know cases of sometimes they sleep at like the place because you know Sakurai's a f- crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> like the he is actually crazy, but yeah, like I. Th- I think he's allowed to do that because he's technically not hired. Yeah, because it's like, an independent part of Nintendo group, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, like Sora. Yeah, yeah, Sora Limited, isn't it? Interactive. Sora Limited. Sora Limited. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that's how he gets away with crunching. Like it's his crunching is voluntary. Oh yeah, like I said, he is crazy. Yeah, and Nintendo were like, "Well, we c- if you were under Nintendo still, we could help. We, you know, we would tell you not to, but you know, that's on you, buddy." Yeah. So, bro, you want this game out? Let me let me sleep here. Yeah. Let Very me play nice, the game like two controllers with one hand each. <laughs> He's a ninja. But yeah, so Activision. Yeah, it's it's gonna be really interesting to see what happens with Activision Blizzard over the next few years. And I suppose only time will tell. But yeah, exactly right. Like these companies, Nintendo and Microsoft, are even like stepping in for like positive initiatives. Yeah, yeah it's not cool, man. Like, yeah, pr- pr- pretty much, pretty much. And it's, I, I, has it has this happened before mm, with another company? Not to this degree. Not to this. Yeah, not to this level. Like at the same time, Ubisoft was called out for the same stuff when that first uh launch of activision blues that happened yeah but like same things going on with riot as yeah, well right but they changed up from memory like they've actually you know improved their culture they're still they're still going okay, they're still going that they're, they're still going but mm-hmm. no one seems to notice because Blizzard. you know the new netflix tv show oh yeah i forgot about that <laughs> like, that's the thing like i don't follow riot because you know i don't play league yeah same yeah it, it's just, you know, very difficult to escape League of Legends now that it has, like, a Netflix TV show. It has a fighting a game. A card game. Whatever. 
Like, yeah, it has a card game, whatever the hell Ruined King is. Didn't they also do Valorant? Which is getting a lot of things. Yeah. It was really interesting because Nintendo did like a whole thing where they they broadcasted on YouTube Riot's presentation. Huh. Like it was actually on their YouTube channel and everything and they like hyped it up and everything. Like I, I'm surprised they actually got behind that considering their stance on Activision. It's... It- when it gets to a certain point where it's toxic to be connected to that brand name, that's when they will do stuff like that. Because, True. like, you know, if it's not directly affecting their business, they will do, like, they won't, you know, say something directly because, you know, it's business. It's not directly yeah. connected to them, but, like, you know, they, it's part of the deal that probably was struck before. So, you know, they got to keep to the deal. But, you know, when it is a toxic name, it's going to be a point where, you know, people are going to step away Mm. and actually call it out now. Like, it's like when I said, like I said, it's got to the point where they've actually physically called it out in a company email. That does not Mm. happen. As now. Yes. And that's signs (laughs) how, how bad it is. Yeah. Again, I'm I'm very interested to see how this develops over the next couple of years and what the what gaming would look like after that. Can you imagine <laughs> Can you imagine EA buying the rights to Call of Duty and them having both Call of Duty and Battlefield? Yeah, that would not go well. Uh, probably no. what will happen is Tencent will buy them out. Yeah, God. <laughs> and the world keeps on turning. God, you, you just gave me the idea. It's like, who would buy World of Warcraft? There you go, Tencent. <laughs> you, yeah, you know who would yeah. buy World of Warcraft. <laughs> Especially um, how big Blizzard so, is in China. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So moving on, uh, that's it for the news. Moving on, we got the indie roundup. So this is the section of the podcast where we talk about some indie games coming up over the next couple of weeks uh ones that have a lot of hype around them or ones that we think should have more hype around than what they're getting first off starting on december uh december 2nd sorry is archvale so this one's published by humble games yeah so take up your weapon in this rpg bullet hell world and embark on a journey to defeat the evil forces of the undying guardians and reunite the world with the fable fabled archvale so, uh, bullet hells scare me. Like they, they're too stressed. Yeah, they're too stressful. <laughs> I know it's given me. Yeah, obviously it's given me into the gungeon vibes. But I finished into the gungeon like six months ago. I'm not ready for another one. Like th- these are way I, too I, stressful. I saw footage of Toho once, and I haven't recovered since. <sighs> yeah, Toho is <laughs> legitimately scary. <laughs> So it looks like this, like it kind of takes into the Gungeon and gives it more of a fantasy medieval vibe. fantasy, almost like top-down Legend of Zelda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, I I like Bullet Hells. I, oh, I don't mind Bullet Hells. I like them. They're hit and miss when they're pixel art. So, but it works sometimes. I remember there was one couple years back that was really good. Uh, Hyper Parasite, and that wasn't pixel art, and that worked really well. But uh, I'll edit this out when we do when we do other things. But like anyway, Hyper Parasite, you are a parasite, 
and you, like you you play as the parasite and you only attack when you can take control over enemies and then you get yeah. their abilities huh. it was really cool that Re- actually does sound pretty rad that's actually kind of re- neat yeah it's like a hidden gem on switch uh, hyper parasite look it up it's really good uh, but yeah so this is brought to us by humble games so humble do a lot of really cool um a lot of really cool indie games so definitely look into that one remember when humble uh, next like bundle was just you know you pay one dollar and you get heaps of stuff now it's like growing ridiculous label. yeah a lot a lot of those companies tend to diverge into other other didn't they get purchased industries out? and but i don't know uh next one is detective d the silk rose murders so this one is a point and click adventure game with an extensive immersive story take on the role of the detective in ancient china and solve mystery of series sorry and solve a mystery of serial murders so I think um, it's very contrasting the the actual in-game art to the art that they put on like the trailer. Yeah, like the the it's game for... art is like you know it actually looks kind of cool in that art style, and then it's like the old old school like early yeah yeah it yeah it looks like the original Prince of Persia yeah and yeah. I'm like huh that's a very <laughs> big change in look. I think it's got a um. Like this, this art style specifically is very much um, like Monkey Island. Yeah, that's what oh, I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't too, remember yeah. the name of the game though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like early PC point and click games, and there's I, I there's so much nostalgia for that era for for like a a big niche. So yeah. I think that's kind of where they go with it. Although this one, I'm pretty sure I saw launched a couple years back on Steam, and it got incredible reviews. It's only one game. And yeah, I mean, pixel art, Yeah, I guess, doesn't require as much. But it's got some really cool lighting effects, especially on the boat. Oh, yeah. That screenshot, and it's got, like, the uh, the reflection. It's making full use of the art style. Yeah, it, it does look really cool. There's another point-and-click game based around China as well, and I interviewed the developer, but I can't remember what the game's called. The Rewinder. That should be coming to Switch next year. Okay. As another, so if you like the look at this, um, and you play it and you really enjoy it, look for the rewind as well. Next one, Six Souls. So embark on a journey, embark on an exciting journey to find the abandoned Clifford Castle and co- uncover its secrets. Uh, heroes adventure, adventure enthusiast Jack and his faithful dog companion Butch go on an exciting quest to find an abandoned castle where the entire Clifford family vanished years ago. The whole castle was surrounded by mystery from its dark dungeons to its highest towers. So, I really enjoyed the look of this one because it's actually really cool. You can control the dog as well. And, like, you have, like, stealth segments where you control the dog and, like, you can go into tight spaces, which I thought was really cool. And people it, are going to buy it just because of that. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> indie, indie games with dogs, they're synonymous where so you can pat the dog. Yeah. So now you can control the dog. And it looks very Game Boy Advance. Isn't there like a whole website where can you pat the dog? Probably. It's a Twitter account. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so, I mean, this one's only $7.99 US. 
So for what it is, it it's looks also pretty only robust. Megabytes. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. So, wow, that's nothing. It's and very yeah, small. Very Game Boy Advance like aesthetics, I reckon. And it's got like some Celeste inspired platforming. Yeah, yeah. So seven ninety nine. If it works out really good, because that's rather like a games who do a lot of those um, smaller indie titles. Like a lot of people buy them on Xbox and PlayStation for the just for the achievements alone. But sometimes you get like really good gems out of out of rather like a games. So six souls, all one word. Couldn't say why. <laughs> for some reason, <laughs> maybe a typo. But yeah, and they just kind of went with it. And last one, this one is actually a indie game nominee at the Game Awards, Loop Hero. So yeah, that's the. It's the game that everyone has been talking about. Yeah, and I, I'm really, I'm really excited for it. I reckon because it does, I don't, it just has its own unique twist to it. I think, which mm. could either make or break. I reckon I'd say, but uh, the lich has thrown the world into a timeless loop and plunged its inhabitants into never-ending chaos. Wield an expanding deck of mystical cards to place enemies, buildings, and terrain along each unique expedition loop for the brave hero. Recover and equip powerful loot for each class of hero for their battles and expand the survivor's camp to reinforce each adventure through the loop. Unlock new classes, new cards, perks, and devious guardians on your quest to shatter the endless cycle of despair. It looks neat. Yeah, yeah. this is one of those games I've been meaning to check out for the longest time, but, you know, mm. backlogs and, you know, just being too busy and other stuff. That's why you're right. For, uh, you know, you get it as a review and then you have an excuse to play it. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, and I I feel as though from looking at it, this works well on the Switch. It looks like a game like it's it's roguelike, so it's very um, you know, start and stop, start and stop. Yeah, which I think blends itself well to the Switch. And I love the art style. It's very. Oh, yeah. I I've been thinking like it's very NES for better or for worse. Like, you know, sometimes you get, like, pixel art and it's inspired by NES, but it's, you know, it's all crispy and all looks really nice. This is very NES. Yes. Like, the yeah. black background. Like, they were going for that aesthetic very specifically. Definitely has that look to it. Yeah. Yeah, the NES, if it had a better, like, color palette. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. More than eight colors, wasn't it? Yeah, it was... You had to do the best you could with, like, eight colors. Pretty much. Which you get some really impressive impressive games on the NES. Like with what they had. Yeah. But yeah, you know this game is going to be fantastic considering it's got Game of the Year nomination. Yeah. Mm. Which the other Game of the Year nomination got a 10 out of 10, so... There you go. So look out for this one too. But that's the indie roundup. So only four games this time, so... I don't know. Makes sense. It's Pretty December. Chill. Yeah. Yeah, you got your holiday releases and which mostly come out in November. Yeah, I would say so. Other than that, you've got so next up we've got the Patreon question. So this one we put out a call out for questions, um, uh, but our patrons do get priority with these ones because this one is where it came from from Andrew Kaluzi, which I want to shout out Andrew Kaluzi. So he is the co-head developer of a little game called Camped Out. And they are coming up to their release next year. 
which is very exciting. Neat. Hey, nice. Um, so his question is, how do you feel about Nintendo's 2021 holiday lineup? You mean Pokemon? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I'd have to remind myself of what they have, actually. So It's, it's been a bit lackluster, I found, this year. Uh, it's We're feeling the, the yeah. bite of the... Um, like the COVID. Yeah, we could So start. it's it's from memory is Pokemon mm, Big Brain yeah. Academy. We got yeah, Pokemon Big Big Brain and Academy. SMT five. SMT five. Uh Mario Party Superstars. Oh yeah, Superstars, yeah. Because that would kind of count for that. Um yeah. anything from October basically. And Metroid Dread. Yeah, Metroid Dread. So it's actually not that bad, honestly. Like like Mario Super Mario Party Mario Party Superstars it's not Super Mario Party that's the other one <laughs> uh, it's not Mario yeah. Party All-Stars because that's the, the 3DS yeah, every one time. <laughs> no, Mario Party Superstars is great no, next, will be, next will be new Super Mario Party All-Stars oh, don't even start on that <laughs> but like it's not a bad lineup I suppose but it's just not anything too exciting well Advance Wars got pushed back and that was part of the lineup True. I, yeah, I don't think Advance yeah. Wars would have done well in that in December though. I was always, I was thinking that when they announced Advance Wars for December, I'm like, it that's a game that's a that's a May game or an April game, which is where it got pushed back to. I feel as though that yeah. it might have been PR speak, but I feel as though part of the reason might have been they weren't confident releasing it in December. I think it's also they were doing um like they're fixing up more of the online stuff. Which yeah, it needs all the help it can get on Nintendo Switch yeah. Online. But yeah, I mean, I'm mm. I was disappointed at first, like, and I, I suppose I still am kind of disappointed that we have to wait. But like, at the end of the day, you wait and you get a better game, of course. But like, I also feel as though Advance Wars needs its own window for it. Otherwise, it'll just get overshadowed with a whole bunch of things. You know, being two weeks out from Pokemon might have been a bit tricky. Definitely. But yeah, I feel like this. This lineup was very safe for Nintendo, like a Pokemon remake, Mario Party Superstars, which is still a great game, but, you know, still quite safe. Metroid Dread is probably the biggest, and Shimigami Tensei Five. those two type of, types of games you wouldn't expect to be a holiday game. To be fair, I think um, they were planning Breath of the Wild yeah, for yeah. this lineup here, but, mm. you know, that got pro- pushed back. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that, yeah, definitely. That, that tends to be, right. you know, their big holiday sale, like seller. The weirdest but, thing like, for they've me they've had is... a lot of games throughout the year. Yeah, they have. The weird thing for me is Legends Arceus in January. Yeah, that feels weird. It feels very odd. Like, like we're gonna it's finish mid January, isn't it? Eighteenth, uh, I think. Yeah, January eighteenth. But it's so bizarre. I mean, that's still school bizarre. holidays here. Sure. Yeah, true. And you can't release it on the same week or like same month as Diamond and Pearl remakes. Nope. But and apparently Diamond and Pearl remakes sold better than Sword and Shield's opening week in Japan. It's actually looking to be the um highest selling game they've had. Which is so bizarre. Like, it's actually overtaking gold and silver. Yeah. That's bizarre, considering, like, people were complaining of its chibi look and um, 
it's clearly not as impressive as you know a lot of the other Pokemon games recently. Well, <laughs> impressive in quotations, um, but yeah, it's surprising. Actually, that's something I was gonna say. Uh, I actually don't mind the TV look now. It's actually um, it looks like they've actually like refined it a lot more mm. to be more of a modern representation of that art style that they did back in the day. I definitely agree. I yeah, I like the cheapy art style as well, but I know it did have a lot of backlash. I think the only the main thing I have a problem with is it's um, it's very jarring when you go from. Um, the chibi to the the standard in the battle yeah. and they just stand there and do nothing <laughs> yeah like you don't have the animated pixel art like you did back in was i think it was platinum that introduced that yeah i think so and some of the some of the camera shots as well for the chibi characters just look hilarious <laughs> it's so funny because they are their heads are way too big for their bodies they look like pop vinyl figurines yeah and uh i love it yeah it's so funny like Barry just feels so less um like personal. Like he has less of a personality in the game compared to Platinum, where yeah. you know, he danced around like before he entered battle kind of thing. Yeah. I, I think the reason why this is selling so well was uh because like Gen 4 was really like when Pokemon kinda exploded again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it got a second it's, win. Yeah, yeah, it got. Yeah, it's when the uh, franchise got their second win because, like, I I remember it's like, oh yeah, huge hype around Pokemon originally because you know, po- Pokemon was everywhere when we were kids. Yeah. Then like, yeah, Gen two came around. It was still just as strong. The Gen three like kind of tanked it. It was when like most people that played Pokemon were like, "Ew, you play Pokemon? That's a mm. kids game." Yeah. <laughs> and then (laughs) yeah and then like uh diamond and pearl came around uh around about the time when uh people started being like nostalgic for the original like pokemon's like you know what i'll give pokemon a go and yeah it re uh revitalized the franchise so yeah i think a lot of people brought the game simply because of that nostalgia also a lot of the people who grew up with diamond and pearl are at the age where they're gonna buy stuff like that oh my god this is my childhood yeah yeah god this franchise is so old now (laughs) and the ds you know is is nintendo's best-selling piece of hardware ever so the yeah ds lasted a long time yeah it did did. 2004 to 11 i think when are we getting a pokemon conquest remake (laughs) But then Pokemon stayed on the DS for a couple more years after that as well. Yeah, because yeah. it had uh, yeah, Gen 4 and Gen 5. Yeah. So I think uh, X and Y were 2013, I want to say. That sounds yeah. right. Uh, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Because it was second year uni it came out. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, what were we talking about? <laughs> the, the, how do you feel Nintendo about Nintendo's holiday Nintendo. lineup? That's right. <laughs> and that's how we got onto Pokemon because it Pokemon's part of the lineup. Thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, so I suppose to su- to summarize, yeah, it's it's been an interesting holiday. It has it's felt a bit lackluster, but sales wise, you know, it's been gangbusters. Yeah, I suppose with the Switch OLED as well, and that yep. that's been very hard to find. So that would have boosted numbers right before holidays. Um, I'm part of the problem there again. Accountant hates me, so I, I want to see the quarter report for this. Honestly, it, it's going to be interesting. 
Yeah. Isn't that February, I want to say? I'm uh, pretty sure we said February is about the time we'll get the report. Yeah. Uh, I think their quarter ends end of the December, yeah. but we don't get the report until February. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. But yeah, thank you, Andrew, and good luck with the rest of Camped Out's development. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, re- I'll go back to it. Definitely look up Camped Out. It's kind of like Overcooked, but you're camping. So you actually have a lot, yeah. a lot more to do. Like you have to, um, you have to grab the axe, you have to cut down wood, and um, yeah, I, I played it back at twenty nineteen, and look into it. It looks really good. Was there something put out? Did you do the Patreon plug? Yeah. Oh, I, I must have been dealing with Jace at the time. So <laughs> yeah. hear it. You were. You were actually. <laughs> yeah. So moving on to everyone's favorite part of the podcast, name that game. Um. If you if you aren't familiar with name that game, basically I have a game. These guys have to guess it. I have ten hints for them. They have five guesses. They can use two guesses between hints one and five, another two between hints six and nine, and one final guess after hint ten. They have two lifelines as well, where they have to ask me a yes or no question first, and then they can use their second one, which is a switchable lifeline. And this switch this one switchable lifeline is actually provided by myself. Because of context. And that's all I'll say on that. And they can also... It's ukulele. <laughs> Damn. And they can also trade in uh, their lifelines for additional guesses if they want to. And they did that for the first time. So I can't say they that's never happened. You did that for the first time last time, which is exciting. So first, uh, first few hints, I've got... This game launched on Nintendo Switch in August 2019. The Switch version has... The before times. The before times, yes. Uh, The Switch version has an 84 on Metacritic. It is a first-person shooter. Was praised for its unique novelty. And the game initially launched in February 2016 and got a VR version in December 2016. Doom. Which one? Doom. No. No. No, not Doom 2016? Not Doom. Super hot. Which one? Super hot. You got it. Hey, there we go. As soon as as you said VR, I'm like, I reckon it's super hot. Yeah, Yeah, because like Doom also had VR, so that's what I was thinking. (laughs) Well, I had praised for VR, so I was like, like, praised innovative. I'm like, that's probably super hot. Yeah. As soon as you said VR. So... Other hints, according to howlongtobeat.com, the main story goes for roughly 2.5 hours, but for completionists, it can take 20 hours. I don't know what you can do for completionists in that, though, which is interesting. Uh, The game received a standalone expansion that can be bought separately called Mind Control Delete. A new title in the series is currently in the works and is set in Japan, which looks really cool, by the way. Mm, Yeah. Uh, the The game's name is in all caps. I thought that was funny. And often compared to the Matrix and the Max Payne series. And what was your hint? I reviewed the game and gave it 94%. Fair. And that would be the context. <laughs> yep. So I thought I'd include that. But yeah, that was that was quick. Yeah, quick one. <laughs> Good, considering this recording's been going nearly two hours. Yeah, well, that's pretty much standard for us, I think. But yeah. we, considering the how long to, like, not the, uh, the what we've been playing, went for the first hour i think mm. we went through the news pretty and, quickly and the and everything and we've else. spoken about pokemon four times yeah we did <laughs> it's topical i think i think that'll be the title it's also fresh in everyone's mind that's right i think that'll be the title of this this episode something to do with pokemon 
I'll get back to you on that. Well, you'll see it when it's posted. But I, I thought you went. The title is something to do with Pokemon. That's actually not bad. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going with that. I'm locking it in. Something to do with Pokemon. I like it. Um, but yeah, I mean, normally we go for two hours. We're just under two hours. Anyone have any final thoughts on anything? Don't think so. I think yeah, I, think I got that's nothing. It. <laughs> no, so. Quite a quite a, a shorter episode for this well, one. You say that. I mean, sh- yeah, shorter, shorter episode. But thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, remember, you can always follow us on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram. So Twitter's at Switchaboo News, but the others are just Switchaboo. You can um, support us on Patreon, like I mentioned as well. So for just one dollar a month, you can get this podcast two to three days early. We have YouTube channels, uh, YouTube.com/slash/Switchaboo and slash Switchaboo Joy Plays. And you can see a Mario Party review. Yeah, yeah, the new Mario Party review came up, and you're working on the Pokemon review as well. So if you yes. want, if you want to hear us talk more about Pokemon, <laughs> you can go yeah, there. When I eventually get to write that review. Yeah, I've I've still got to record gameplay footage of it anyway. So yeah, you you, you got to catch up. You haven't even finished a review. Yeah, but you know you haven't even got past the third gym, have you? Uh yeah. And you've point. got to record footage. I mean, I don't have to get to the end. You don't want to spoil anything. Depends. I might talk about something from the end. Ugh, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> I might include post-game information. Remember? No. <laughs> Knowing him, he probably will. Uh-huh. Remember to do the um, the contests as well. Uh, Yeah, no, that's... You got to talk about it. Fun. It's not you got, fun. You got to talk about it. <laughs> I'll talk about it here. It's not fun. Ah, it just doesn't count. Press A. Pretty much. Yeah, that's a final thought. The contests are boring. Yeah, that's our final thought. Contests are not fun in this time. No. Nah. And the puffin making is hard. It is hard. Like I burn every single time. I know. Like, you don't have enough time to turn it back around. Yeah, and that's that's the hardest thing as well, because it used to be touchscreen, and now it's not, so you got to use the joystick, and that's awkward. Yeah. Also, now, I know you can't do it, Jake, because you don't play it handheld, but you can clean the badges using the touchscreen. Ah, okay. I was I was wondering. Fun. Of course. Yeah, so you can actually clean the badges, make them shiny through the touchscreen. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, did you not know that from the original games? No. Yeah, you can rub them up, like, because they get dirty. And if you, like, rub over them, they get all shiny. I didn't know that. That's funny. I didn't play much of the original, but I guess, like, DS. You know, touchscreen was all the rage back then. Yeah, yeah. you you got to put t- uh, touchscreen gimmicks everywhere. Everywhere. That's right. I know, you, you you can even tell with these remakes, like, some of the... When they used to be touchscreen. And even the, um, the item finder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the poke etch and the item finder. It's, like, it's so, so awkward in the top corner. It is, it is. It doesn't work well. But I guess they had to do... They had to make do with what they had. And lastly, we have our Discord, which is pinned to the top of our Twitter page, which is at Switchaboo News. But thank you, everyone, for listening, and remember to have fun. Play Pokemon. <laughs> you idiot. <laughs>